Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jambo, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Radio Harambe. We are doing part two of Listener Questions. I'm here with uh, my lovely wife and co-host, Christina. Hello, Christina. Hi. Um, We are going, like I said, we're going to do Listener Questions, but before I get to that, let me just uh, remind you all to check out our Tee Public store where we are selling a whole bunch of T-shirts and we are uh, giving all the proceeds. Every dime we make is going to go to Painted Dog Conservation uh, African wild hunting dogs are one of the most endangered mammals in the world. There's only about four or 5,000 left in the wild throughout Africa. So uh, it's a critical um, conservation effort, and we are donating every dollar we make on these T-shirts over the next few months or so uh, to Painted Dog Conservation. And in fact, uh, I'm not sure if it, uh, it's either going to come out right before this episode of Radio Harambe or, Harambe or right after but you'll be getting a African Wild Hunting Dog Planet Watch pretty soon where I talk a little bit about uh, uh, the conservation efforts of African Wild Hunting Dogs and you know their habitats and biology, et cetera, et cetera. But we are going to now dive into our uh, the rest of our listener questions. I want to thank everybody again for giving us uh, a bunch of great questions, uh, two shows worth, actually. So let's let's get right to it. And Angus asks... What is the highest price that you pay for a drink at Animal Kingdom? He's a alcoholic, Angus, if you don't know him on Twitter. Really? And <laughs> he talks a lot about booze. <laughs> oh, that's, that's an awful thing to say about someone. He would laugh at it if he okay. wouldn't even hear it. It's a stick, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Highest you'd pay for a drink, and what is it? Well, I mean, the highest I would pay for a drink is you know, like 20 bucks. I'm, I'm pretty cheap when it comes. I'm not going to, I'm not one of those ones who's going to go out and spend, you know, $500 for some fancy, uh, bottle of, uh, you know, whiskey or one of those crazy star Wars drinks that they, you will see on Twitter. Um, I don't know about you. What, what are your thoughts? I don't drink. That's true. You don't, but when you did, I mean, you did do that scorpion shot that one time. Was that expensive or was that like a regular price? I don't remember. I don't think you can put a price on an experience. So. Okay. All right. But but the Rubina, which is a Vegas drink, is 20. Mm. And that's a an experienced drink as well. So I don't think I'd go more than $20. And that's only if it comes with some sort of unique experience right. involved with it. And what I like is uh, the Nomad, Nomad Lounge has several uh, cocktails that I like. The Snow Leopard one, which is... Uh, is a good one. And I also like Mustang coffee, uh, oddly enough, which is alcohol and melted butter in a coffee drink, which I like a lot. But I mean, did, did, were the, did you have a favorite Nomad Lounge when you were drinking alcohol? You know, I, the Snow Leopard one is the one with the ginger beer in it. If that, then that's it. I like it. Yeah. I like ginger. I, I figured that probably would have been the one. It's vodka yeah. and ginger and a couple of other things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So here, Jen Green asks, and uh, Jen Green, of course, is a travel agent. If you check her out on Twitter, um, she is a great travel agent. She, I know Dave uses her all the time. But anyway, um, when will the parade come back? Now, um, parades seem to be going bye-bye throughout Disney World. There's not as many as there used to be. Magic Kingdom still does it, but not too many other places really do. Um, and, of course, Animal Kingdom for the first mm, 10, 15 years it was operating had a couple of different parades like uh, March of the Artimals and um, uh, the Jingle Jungle and all that kind of stuff. I loved the parade at Animal Kingdom because unlike the Magic Kingdom where it just kind of like grinds everything to a halt um, throughout Main Street and stuff, you could you could easily, you know, get in line or, you know, just show up, you know, around Discovery Island two minutes before it started and you'd be able to see it just fine. And it was always a, a fun parade. It was always a little quirky, not like um, not like the big productions that they do at the Magic Kingdom. But I'm afraid I don't think the parade is coming ever is going to come back anytime soon. They seem to have uh, said bye-bye to parades at Animal Kingdom. I don't know, what were your thoughts of the parade at the Animal Kingdom? I mean, if they got rid of the nighttime show, they're definitely not bringing back a parade. I do think they're going to bring back some sort of show for that. I mean, they built a huge theater just sitting empty. Sooner or later, they're going to do something with it. But I'm, I'm just thinking priority-wise, that would be right. they'd reintroduce a nighttime show before they did a parade. And, you know, and they probably need to bring back a lot of the entertainment as well prior to either of those. Now, one thing I will say is that during the COVID, the height of COVID, when you weren't able to meet and greet with characters and stuff, the Animal Kingdom did this thing, and you probably saw it, mm-hmm. where they would have uh, characters on these little boats and f- drive all around Discovery River. I could see a, a world where they kind of take that idea and make sort of like, you know, maybe a three o'clock parade. A boat parade? Uh, right, a boat oh, parade. Oh, well, see, that would be cute. I would, I would like that. I could see them doing that at some point, just yeah. because, you know, it's it was seemed to be kind of popular during COVID. I mean, people like appreciated that they had they had that. They also had like sometimes bands going around on the little boat. Um, you would see like Viva Gaia or somebody like that playing as it was driving around Discovery River. I could see them doing something like that, and I think that would actually be nice. Um, it would it would make for an easy, unique feature for their parade absolutely it would make it yeah. much different than the magic kingdom and, one definitely that's what people are looking for they're looking for different and unique things at each park that they go to so and you can easily incorporate the theater into sort of like you know maybe have the floats go slowly and then at the end they'll all go around in that theater for a little bit and you could see them all at once you know you know what i mean because the theaters the the waters there is mm-hmm. a big lake basically and then they could do that the other thing that Jen Green asks is why is it not open past 7 p.m.? And that's a simple answer, cost. I mean, it's just uh, since COVID, they've kept, kept park hours kind of limited. They're limiting the number of people that go in the park. It's just the cost thing that uh, the new management is doing. I, you know, I, I think as things start to return, you'll see the hours go back. Because wasn't the Harambe Nights incredibly popular? It was, and the fact that, um, you know, Avatar at Night's incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Tree of Life Awakenings is very popular. And um, if they ever bring back a show in that theater, it would probably be a nighttime ending event. So, I mean, they made a big deal of making, you know, making Animal Kingdom open at night when they were building Avatar. They did all these things. The nighttime safari was another thing. Um, 
I imagine they'll go back to it sometime, but it's not in the very near future anyway. Is it really closing at 7? Because in the summer, it's not even dark. Pandora's... Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, but night's when it really shines. In the really busy times, I think it's been open until like 8 o'clock or so. But yeah, no, the the time, you know, times, it, it's generally closed by 7 at the latest. Wow. Okay. Again, like, like the week of July 4th or Christmas week, they keep it open later. But that's true for everything. Uh, Jody Wish asks, do all flamingos smell bad? And the answer to that is a big fat yes. Uh, mostly because of what they eat. Yeah, I was say, what they eat is probably... <laughs> it's all the shrimp and krill and stuff like that that uh, they do. I remember when I was working at the Bronx Zoo, um, not only flamingos, but Rosetta Spoonbills and stuff, when you would walk into the aquatic birdhouse, oof, that was a... Uh, <laughs> that was some odor when you were going in there. Uh, Invita on Twitter asks, over under 3.5 years for a new attraction or exhibit, and I'm going to assume that this means opened in 3.5 years, not just announced by with 3.5 years. But what are your thoughts? Announce three, open five. Yeah, because and I guess the question is retrofitting things because they're they got to do something with the Dino Land area, right? So yeah, you're. T- you're so the thing she said was, uh, I think it's a woman, new attraction or exhibit. Now, an exhibit, like, for example, when they added the lion-tailed uh, macaques to the to Maharaja Jungle Trek, I mean, does that count as a new exhibit? Because if that's the true, I could see, definitely I think something like that would happen with before I three like and a half years. Vegas odds there. What's the over-under? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. She, she knows her audience. The, <laughs> the Vegas odds. Um, I think I think you're right. And that you will probably have something announced within the next uh, year or two. In fact, they're doing – I think they're doing a D23 later this year. Mm-hmm. And they typically announce something. And, and you'll hear something about Animal Kingdom. But it might not be – you know, it might be something new where, like you said, Dinoland is. Like where the primeval world is. You know, something different there. Or, you know, a spruce up of the Rafiki's Planet Watch. I'm not expecting them to say – you know, we're building this mega new uh, land, you know, either, you know, a Zootopia or a new continent or whatever with all these new attractions. But I could see them redoing an attraction or building another exhibit within the next couple of years. I could see that. Okay. So let's go to the next question, which uh, is, <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to this. Can you get an espresso martini at DAC or AKL, uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge? I am. I probably should have looked this up before I went on here, but I'm, I'm not a martini fan, so I'm the worst person to ask. <laughs> no, but so I think, um, but the the bars are pretty. So I would say Nomad. They already do that. The Mustang. That's true. With espresso, so I don't see why they wouldn't be able to make an espresso martini. And the bartenders are. They don't just know the drinks on the menu. They also know how to make other things. So, Like Steve's special. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so they already have an espresso maker for the Mustang drink. I think, you, I think Nomad's probably your best bet. That's a, good, that's a very good answer. Much better answer than mine, though, which was, oh. Um, <laughs> Disney Dad asked, I like this question. We kind of touched on this a little bit before. What would you like to see next at Disney's River Amphitheater? That's the, you know, that's obviously where yeah. they did um, 
uh, Rivers of Light? I have a definite answer. Do you want me to give mine while you think of something? Or do you have an answer? I have an answer. Go for it. Yeah. I I, I believe you used it on one of your your wish lists. I know where you're going with this. The... Um, the boats that come up and serve street food. I would love that. I mean, that would be super it's cool. It's an experience. It's a cultural thing. Like I, I would, I think they should use that during the daytime where you can go down there, take a break, sit down, grab different street food as it comes up and go. That would actually be a fun and fantastic way to use it during the day and then have like some sort of nighttime mm-hmm. show. Yeah. And it wouldn't, they wouldn't have to build anything nope. for it. They just have to have the little boats and yeah, it wouldn't take um, much at all. And then bringing food around. I, now I don't know how that works in the food health. Like, I don't see why that would be any different than a cart w- w- walking yeah, around. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it, and it would leave it open for mm-hmm. any sort of nighttime performance that they'd want to do. Absolutely, and the nighttime performance is where I'm coming in. Um, now, everybody knows that the you know the original sign for uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom had the the rhinoceros and the brontosaurus, and it had a dragon. And everybody you know always said you know there's a, you know there's a dragon at the front entrance. Uh, there's a dragon on the sign, but there's no dragon in the park. I would do a dragon show. You can base it around Raya, which is of course um, you know has prominently features dragons. You can use the kind of the technology. You can use some of the floats that they already have, but kind of, you know, maybe Disney's dragons and just go to go and, you know, do some sort of show incorporating all the dragons that you've had, whether it's been in Sleeping Beauty and, and some other movies and Raya, you know, the Raya and then the dragon from the movie could be like the hosts. I think that would be kind of fun. Uh, and I'm not even going to bring up the flying dragon from the Magic Kingdom way back when, uh, flying overhead, which I still say would be great. But, I mean, it, it, this way you would actually have dragons in the park. You wouldn't have to build, like, some sort of huge audio-animatronic audio dragon. But a show based on dragons, I think kids would kind of think that was cool and, and want to check that out and, and that kind of thing. So that would be my choice. What are your thoughts? You like it or no? I think kids would like it. Yeah. My, my kids in particular love Raya. Well, I love Raya too. I thought, you know, I think it's a fantastic, one of the better movies they've done over the last handful of years. Um, I, I actually, I know Moana gets a lot of credit. I, I like Raya even better than Moana. Uh, I don't know if uh, Moana is like very popular for the last, out of the last like five to ten years. I think it's probably one of the most popular ones that they've done. I like Raya better. I think it's, I think it's a better movie. Being a boy mom, I. Think it appealed to boys. That's true. More than Moana, right? Even though the the lead were females in both, um, Raya was a um, uh, a little bit more action, really, in it. It, it was. It was. It, it captivated my boys' attention for sure. And when she says her boys, he she also means her husband. <laughs> Uh, Engineering the theme parks wrote, uh, "How would you use the Fox acquisition?" That is an interesting one. Um, I mean, the one thing I would say is I believe with the Fox acquisition is when Disney also uh, um, obtained National Geographic. I think it was part of that. I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, kind of changing Rafiki's Planet Watch. It would still be conservation 
themed and, and important, but kind of what everything the National Geographic Society has done for decades in terms of uh, conservation, in terms of um, animal documentaries. Uh, you know, we've talked in the past on this show that, you know, how Walt Disney basically invented the the genre of the um, nature documentary with Seal Island and some of the other things. Um, National Geographic, of course, has taken it to another whole nother level. Um, maybe like a National Geographic uh, redesign of Rafiki's Planet Watch, I think might be the best. I mean, obviously, everybody, when they think of Fox, they think of uh, the X-Men and, 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 and that was a big part of the acquisition. That's more Disney Hollywood Studios than anything else. Is there anything in the Fox acquisition that uh, other than like a National Ge- Geographic kind of thing that you thought of? I mean, when I think of the Fox, I, I just think of Home Alone. Which I can't fit in there. I just can't. I don't know. No. Um, But I like your idea. And, you know, National Geographic is known for its, uh, like, wonderful photography. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, an art space would would be really great. Just showing some of, like, the timeless pictures or, you know, the most captivating photos from National Geographic. My grandfather always subscribed and... Remember. Oh yeah, that I I, I used to too for a while. I mean, I used to get them all the time too. Yeah, so I I think you could easily make an art exhibit with that. Is there still a National Geographic magazine? I think there is, right? Yes. I mean, I know all these magazines are going bye bye. I mean, we we're just talking about that because of uh, Martha Stewart. Is <laughs> her magazine's gone? But yeah, I mean, Not yet. yeah, still getting a couple. <laughs> there you go. Um, and. I'm just I'm already trying to look it up but I don't know what exactly is under Fox. Uh there were a bunch of things. I mean the the X-Men is the is the big one in terms of Marvel fan I mean uh, Disney fans just because they would incorporate uh the Marvel stuff and National Geographic was part of it. Um what else was part of it? The Simpsons were part of it. But there's really nothing that you could put. I mean National Geographic Geographic was the first thing that sprung to my mind. Like redoing Rafiki's Planet Watch to sort of focus on nature photography and documentaries, in, in as well as you know, ecotourism and conservation. You could, you know, still keep the animal exhibits and stuff like that. The next question is Parks Guy eighty eight asks one thing besides Barudica that you miss most. What's the one thing besides Burdica? I should say. I always say Barudica, but I don't know why Burdica that you miss most. You go first. I have to think. Um, huh, the probably the thing I miss most is other than Burdika would be well. For the weirdly, the first thing that springs to my mind is um, I have always thought that when it was called Countdown to Extinction was such a better name than Dinosaur. I just wish they would go back to Countdown to Extinction. Um, I miss some of the things in front of the Tree of Life. They used to have deer in, in, in front of the Tree of Life and that little front thing. The, um, I think it was uh, I think it was Chital from India. It was a, a spotted deer. Uh, but anyway, there was a couple of animals. I miss the taper. I always loved tapers. There used to be tapers in the, or a taper in the Maharaja Jungle Trek. So those are a couple of things I miss. But go ahead. What was yours? I have a big one. Good. Tarzan rocks. Bring it back. Oh it yes, that's that's an easy one for you. I know you yes. like you like Tarzan. You love Tarzan rocks. I was like, oh, it's obvious. 
I love Tarzan rocks. And we were just talking about it. The parade was really good. Oh, yeah, that's a good, uh, that you, yeah. exactly, you, you know, I didn't, River, what, Rivers of Light we both loved. Oh. That's another thing that's gone that oh. we miss. Yeah, I loved Rivers of Light. I have a son that doesn't do well with, like, the loud sounds, and it was the only nighttime show I could take him to, and it was just pretty. It was just really pretty. I mean, I know Rivers of Light gets a lot of, you know, garbage from people. Some people think it was just awful and boring. I thought it was spectacular, beautiful, and just a great show. Uh, and I do miss that. I think I would actually put Rivers of Light as my uh, what I miss the most now that I think about it a little bit more. Although you're going to go Tarzan Rocks. I get it. That's fine. I, I liked Rivers of Light too. It's a hard it's hard between those two. Be- just because I don't like the Nemo show very much. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I, I appreciate Nemo show for what it does in terms of um, you know, sometimes these shows are just sort of abbreviated versions of the movie and not to, I don't jump down my throat, but like the Beauty and the Beast show at Disney's Hollywood Studios, I always thought oh. was a waste of time. Um, that has been playing since my very first part mm-hmm. in Paris. I went opening year and it has been playing since then. So for me, that show is where I I got you. Part no, I get it. I get it. With the magic, I can't. I get it. I get it. It's a classic. It's I, been that going on since the nineties. I get what you're saying, um, but I was just going to say at least the Nemo show, instead of just being a an abbreviated abbreviated like, like 25 minute version of the hour and a half movie, it does it. It did at least do something different in bringing in a, a, a musical. You know, make it a musical with a different mute songs and, you know, big, beautiful, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I give it a, a, a appreciation for that. And it's a little bit different with the puppet, puppets and stuff. But yeah, I was never, I have never been a big fan of the Nemo show. Uh, I am all for tearing that theater down and doing something different over there. There's a lot of space you could do. I mean, if they said they were going to build an aquarium, right. I'd be like, goodbye, Tarzan Rocks. But if they're if they're going to keep it as a show, that was a really fun show, and it was action packed and full of stunts. It was great. They've redesigned the theater, so I don't think they could ever bring it back in the theater space that they actually have now. Oh. Uh, but I get what you're saying. Um, and if they did build an aquarium, you can actually keep the Nemo show and build an aquarium next to it because it would be all themed into the oceans there. But be that as it may. Um, Lisa Green asks, if Australia is a new section of the park, what, what rides, restaurants, and animal trails would you do? Um, I would. Well, the animal trail is sort of obvious. You could do a eucalyptus forest with koalas. Koalas are, are big. Um, I know there are some zoos that do um, you know, open uh, wallaby and kangaroos where you actually can walk in the exhibit with them. I mean, there's not, no barriers is what uh, what I should say. Platypus would obviously be a cool thing. Tasmanian devils would be a cool thing. The problem is, and, and I know I've talked about this in past shows, um, having Australian animals is very difficult because of the rule, because they're from Australia and have been separated from the rest of the world, animals, I mean, for millennia they're very susceptible to diseases that animals that you know live here just brush off um so there are very strict conditions where you can bring australian animals now there are plenty of kangaroos and wallabies in this country you could do that easy um there's only a few zoos that have koalas and that's usually a big deal getting them 
I know of only one zoo that has a Tasmanian devil. I believe it's San Diego. And I believe they might be the only one or two that has a platypus too. So it's not easy to do. It costs a lot of money. They eat different things and they have all these rules about um, bringing them into the country. So um, it could, I mean, you could do easily do kangaroos and stuff. In fact, there are kangaroos at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, in terms of restaurants, I mean, I guess steakhouse? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when I think of Australia, I think of just uh, sort of shrimp on the barbie. Well, I was thinking seafood. Seafood yeah. would, yeah, seafood would be one, yeah. I actually did um, Modern Mouse Radio. Uh, a friend of mine, Josh, he's he been doing his podcast years ago. I think even before Radio Harambe started, he had me on to do like a, uh, a um, sort of armchair imagineering a new land. And I actually picked Australia and I had this whole thing about a, a hidden eucalyptus forest and this village around uh, water. Um, so you could do stuff. And and the one ride I had, and it's the one ride that they don't really, there's only really one of them in all of Disney World. There's plenty of roller coasters, but there's really only one log flume. And that's at Sp- uh, Splash Mountain, obviously, and or whatever it's going to be called now that it's going to be Tiana. But there's... That's the only real log flume ride in, in any of the parks at uh, Disney World. So a, a log flume would be kind of cool at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, whether it's in Australia or something else. I mean, you could certainly do a log flume ride based upon, uh, you know, crocodile, you know, some sort of crocodile river or something. And Is the Navi River Journey not a log ride? It's a water ride, but it's not a log flume. It's, there's no big oh. drop. I mean, I'm talking about like a Splash Mountain log flume ride, a big drop. There's plenty of, obviously, there's plenty of water rides, Pirates of the Caribbean and Navi and et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's, uh, DVC Mary asked, uh, favorite drinks and meals at Nomad Lounge? Uh, we have always been very positive about the Nomad Lounge in terms of food. I already, we already talked about favorite drinks, so we don't have to do that again. But the food there, um, it's kind of tapas. It's kind of, you know, you can get like a cheese plate and, uh, you know, some other things there. Um, I like the food. And I also always mention that um, you can get the, any of the appetizers that they offer at Tiffin's as part of your Nomad Lounge meal. But um, I'm a big fan of the cheese plate and some of the other things. That what was the other things that we like at there? Satay and oh, that's right, the satay. Um, that's always good. And you know, I think that's where when my mom had her medical episode, Disney, right. we took my niece and we were trying to figure out something mm-hmm. to get her, and they were so accommodating that I don't know. I think that kind of like sold us on it. Yeah. That they, didn't they just make her pasta or something? It was nowhere on any did. menu. They did. And so, you know, if you don't see something, just ask right. because they were very accommodating to whatever the guests wanted. But for adults, I mean, the food is really, really good. And you and I like tapas. We like the shared smaller plates so we can mm-hmm. get a lot of different things. Yeah. So. Yeah, we, we, you know, we do like to go to like there's a Spanish place. My favorite is their churros. Well, they do have the best churros in all of Disney World. There's, it's not even close. Um, getting churros at like a stand in Hollywood Studios or Magic Kingdom, or whatever. I mean, they're fine. It's dough and cinnamon sugar. But the churros at Nomad Lounge with the dipping sauces. I mean, I'm telling you, if you haven't done it, 
do it. You'll say, why am I getting churros anywhere else? This is by far the best churros in the park. We like the bread and dip thing a lot. We always have to get that. The bread, uh, however, the bread service at Sanaa is better. The bread and dip thing. <laughs> That's why I said the bread service at Sanaa is is uh, better. But yeah, that's right. They do do a, a bread, uh, a bread and dip thing. Been to to know. That's true. Uh, that's right. You've never been to Sanaa. We have to. We have to. We we'll have to fly down tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> we, I got another question here from uh, Tom. I my handwriting's terrible. Uh, what IP would you welcome to Animal Kingdom, and what would where would you put it? I think I've already answered this. I would do um, the dragons and a new uh, nighttime show at. Um, over at the Discovery River Amphitheater. The other thing I thought of is there's really no dark rides in Disney's Animal Kingdom. I mean, Navi River Journey is a boat ride. It's sort of like that. There's no real slow-moving you know, ride like that. I mean, a Lion King ride kind of under the sort of, you know, sort of like the uh, Little Mermaid ride would work well, I think. There's Lion King there already. There is a lot of Lion King. <laughs> Okay, so then a Raya Dark Ride. How about a Raya Dark Ride over in uh, in Asia somewhere? I would take a Raya Dark Ride. I have always thought, I don't know why they don't do anything with the rescuers down under because the That's whole con the whole theme is conservation. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the whole movie is mm-hmm. about. Absolutely, is saving an endangered bird. Absolutely. The one thing I will say is you see all the time because they're building one in one of the, I think it's one of the Asian parks or maybe it's even Disney Paris. They're building a Zootopia land somewhere. Uh, You hear people talk about Zootopia. I am fundamentally against Zootopia coming to Disney's Animal Kingdom because I subscribe. I don't even know if you know this one. I subscribe to Joe Rohde's No Pants Rule. Any animals that wear pants in the movie it's not really an animal. It's not. It's it's just sort of a take on a human. They're just sort of a stand-in for humans. Um, but but uh, movies like Lion King, like Jungle Book, you know those those are you know stories about animals, and those belong in the animal kingdom. Not Zootopia is not about animals. It's about you know oh, no rescuers down under because they wear hats. <laughs> <laughs> See, the rescuers down under to but me the, is a little different. But the movie's all about conservation. That's it is. Saying. That's why it's a little different. I'm talking more of like Zootopia, which is really just about humans. It's about humans getting along, and it's even really about racism, really. Um, and, I, and I'm not a big fan of the movie. I didn't think it was funny. I know a lot of people liked it, but that's no. fine. Never seen it. No, I mean, you should probably see just to have a just to see what you think. I'm not sure how. You're really selling me on it, so. <laughs> yeah, if you want somebody to sell you on your Zootopia, I'm not the guy to do it. Let me put it that way. All right, uh, Brian Appleman has asked, "Have you ever used Disney Plus?" No, I have not. I have not been to the park since the middle of COVID when they were doing nothing. Genie Plus. Did I say Disney Plus? I apologize. I meant Genie Plus. I have not used the new Genie Plus or Lightning Lane. It looks awful. I mean, I've read all about it, and it just seems so confusing. I feel terrible for people who don't know what they're doing going down there. Now, obviously, next time I go there, I will research Disney Plus and know what I'm doing and be probably be be fine. But people who don't, you know, just say, hey, let's go to Disney and just uh, book a hotel and, you know, figure it out when they get there are really screwed, to be honest. Um, and you probably haven't even like really looked at the Genie, uh, Genie Plus stuff and Lightning yeah, Lanes. I mean, I defended it because I thought the concept, you know, everyone says that Fast Pass has ruined standby. Right. And 
I liked the concept if it kind of equaled out, you know, made standby shorter. Right. Because you can't do a fast pass for everything. That's true. That's true. I mean, you can't spend the whole day just doing the three rides that you get fast passes for back in the old days. Right. So, but no, I haven't looked into it at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have not used it, so I'm not, I'm not the person to ask for advice on how to use it, but... Um, but it looks awful, to be honest. Then you have to pay for stuff, whatever. Um, the dude asked, did you ever use the hidden walkway? And I believe what he's talking about, I believe, is the path that leads all the way up to the Tree of Life and goes underneath the waterfall and kind of stuff. And the, and the obvious answer is, yes, of course I've used it. Um, you, I, I have a story. You took me back there. Uh-huh. And you were very, I think it was the first time we went to Disney together. Are you going to say Hansy? No! Oh my god! <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was very no. Well. You were so like <laughs> proud of yourself. Like, ah. oh, let me show you the secret path. <laughs> yes, uh, I know. Uh, uh, <laughs> very much trying to impress you. With uh, that, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> now we actually had this is the last question. It's actually two different people, Brian and DVC Mary, both sort of asked the same thing, and that is, uh, how is Dave? Will he be on soon? And, and DVC Mary asked, uh, actually, why is he on the show anymore? To answer that, you should probably listen to the last one. Not the not the naughty interview, but the last one that he did with me, uh, like a regular show, uh, where he kind of says why he's sort of uh, annoyed at Disney. He's, he's PO'd at Disney uh, at kind of how they've changed everything, but what were you going to... I was say, I think you can, you can say it. Oh, he, he did. He really didn't like... Yeah, but you don't have to say, oh, if you want to know, go back and listen. Like, well, I mean, it's probably better to hear for how he explained it than me just doing a thumbnail of it. That's all I meant. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, he, he did come back for the Nadi one. And I think there's some others that are that he may be back for. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, he's just taking a little hiatus. I'm here on a temporary basis. He's kind of cool. The the the, the, the short version of it is he's kind of cooled off on Disney. Um, he's looking into selling like his DVC points and not going there for a while. So, you know, it, it is as to whether we'll be hearing him again. The answer is yes, absolutely. Um, you know, he will probably pop in every once in a while. Um, he's actually still doing podcasting. He he does a show based on uh, what the name what is the name of that uh, the uh, oh I forget even the name of the the uh, Oak Island the Oak Island thing. He does an Oak Island show. Um, you know he also does you know radio for a local radio st- uh, station. He does uh, jazz music actually uh, jazz music hour. But anyway, um, and you, know, you could find him on Facebook and stuff like that. But he's doing fine. He just is a little sour on Disney, so you won't be hearing him too much. I am carrying the torch for now in terms of uh, Radio Harambe, and I've asked uh, Christina to jump on, and she's doing a fantastic job. Um, <laughs> hey, they, we're still getting we're still getting a lot of downloads. So I mean, you're doing just fine, babe. You're you're terrific. Anyway, that is the end of the questions. Um, I just want to remind everybody again to check out our Tee Public store. You can go on um, my uh, social media at John Borvery One. Um, Dave's uh, Twitter is at Radio Harambe. My Instagram is Safari underscore Mike. Dave's uh, Instagram is Disney's Animal Kingdom. And you know, for all of the talk we, t- we soured on uh, soured on Disney, he still posts on that thing all the time. I mean, <laughs> so if I, to say. 
people don't, I don't think they have to worry about him coming back. Mm -hmm. Because he's still editing the show. He has oh, yeah, he still does all the editing. I know how to do editing, and he hasn't relinquished that. Not nope. that I'm asking you to, Dave. But he hasn't <laughs> relinquished that. So he still wants to be involved with it. He's still involved and someday. He's still keeping like one foot in the water. Yeah, I think he just sort of so. needed a break. He was kind of yeah. like a little down on what they were doing and you know, it's, just it's needed a break. Be, it's hard to be positive with all the change that's going on. And I understand that. I would say, to be honest, I think that if tomorrow Disney announced that uh, Animal Kingdom's getting a brand new, like, Amazon land, like some sort of major thing, and he would probably want to come on and talk about it. I mean, he, would yeah. get, he would get excited again. I think he's just kind of sour as to, you know, with the coronavirus and just the kind of things that Bob Chapik has done and stuff like that. He's kind of, he's just kind of down on it a little bit. So, uh, but he'll be back. Well, like Christina said, he's still involved with the show. He edits it and mm -hmm. we talk about it all the time. Yep. So, um, you know, and, and, and he did when I said, hey, Nadi wants to do an interview. He's like, I'm in. So he jumped on board with that, too. So and hopefully we'll be getting some more interviews, too. And he'll probably jump on board for those as well. Um, but anyway, I was talking about uh, our T Public store. Our uh, my Twitter is at John Bory one. Uh, Christina's is at Raising Las Vegas, but and um, Dave's is at Radio Harambe. Mine and Dave's, you'll find a link to the T Public store as well as the Instagram uh, uh, handles I gave you before. And as I said at the beginning, we are donating all of our proceeds to the Painted Dog Conservation. They have there's great T-shirts, all designed by the lovely Christina to my left, who um, you know works on these all the time, and she's done a great job. In fact, I'm wearing a Pangani Forest Exploration Trail. Um, shirt right now and I could tell you I actually wore it going through the Gorilla Falls and the cast I had two cast members say oh my god that shirt I love that where'd you get that um, so if you oh. if you want to if you want to uh, in fact I pulled out my phone and I showed her what <laughs> one of them I showed how to to, to get to it um, so if you, if you want to strike up conversations with cast members I tell you that this this these t-shirts are the way to go I, when I wore this my Sanaa t-shirt to Sanaa I mean, everybody was like going crazy about it at the, at the front desk and the waiter. It's been a few weeks, but we just added We Renew Broken Hearts from Harambe. Yeah. So that's the most recent. Yep. But I'm working on something right now. We had a couple of, a couple of recently, Kali River Expeditions and the Harambe Wildlife Reserve are also relatively new. Uh, yeah, relatively new I, designs. I re-added Nomad by special request. Right. And then... I did that one separate, so there was a break. The big sellers, and I, we're, we're going on here, but the big sellers uh, seem to be the bars. The Dawa Bar, the Nomad Lounge um, are huge sellers. Um, they're some of our most popular. Some of the other big ones are actually Pangani Forest Exploration Trail is very popular, as well as we did one for the uh, Buradico uh, Farewell Tour, and we have like the date of October, I guess it was 99, I think. No, I mean, uh, uh, sorry, 2019, I think was when they were done. It was shortly before COVID. Um, so those are probably our biggest sellers. I'm trying to think of what... Uh, Sanaa is a pretty big seller too, if my memory serves. Uh, but anyway, so check those out. We have, you know, 20, 25 different designs um, and all the money, like I said, no, we, don't, we don't keep a dime. Anything we make from them goes right to conservation. We just made a big donation of Painted Dogs. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're hoping to do another one pretty soon because, you know, we've sold a couple of shirts in the last, uh, you know, f some shirts in the last couple of weeks, I should say. But so thank you for that. Thank you for the questions. And uh, Quaharini, go well. <laughs>
na kungungu na utukuku Now, who, 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 who